You're listening to the Great to Greater podcast with Tiffany Rufino, where we talk about all things business and life. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Great to Greater with Tiffany Rufino, and we are here for the first time on video, so thank you for joining us. Normally, I have my partner in crime, uh, Mr. Jeff Rufino, but he is hiding behind the scenes today until he decides he wants to jump in, but I don't think he'll have to because I have a special guest, and I'd like to introduce you to Ace, the speaker. So, hi, Ace. How are you? Hey, Tiffany. I am amazing. Thank you very much. Very happy to be here. Yes, I'm super excited that you're here, and I'm super excited that you are kicking off our show with our first time being on video. So thank you for being the person to do that for us and guide us through that challenge. Um, although I don't think it'll be a challenge, especially based on our last conversation where uh, we just flowed and got to know each other and we were on the same page. So. Yeah. I'm excited that we're going to have the opportunity to talk to our listeners today, which we are now in over 50 countries that are listening to us, which is really exciting. And also having the platform of being on video along with podcasts. And uh, we're going to talk about some great things today to help our listeners as far as I think talking about our journey uh, in coaching and finding mm. mentors and the gurus out there that we mm. spoke about. But before that, uh, I was telling you before we started the podcast that you have a long, long list of credentials that I admire. And I don't think I would do it justice to read off of everything, especially with your titles with Toastmaster, your degrees, the fact that you're an author, a motivational speaker, a coach. I mean, like there's tons of things in there and I don't want to miss anything. So I'm going to ask if you would share with our audience a little bit of your background and what got you into what you do and what uh, you do for clients and so forth. Thank you, Tiffany. And and thank you again for this opportunity to speak and allow allow me this uh, platform to share my story because I think it does have impact on others. The more I do this, the more I realize uh, that people come back to me and, and say it is meaningful. And in fact, just I digress for a moment, but recently, in fact, a few days ago, I had like three miracles happen back to back to back. It was quite amazing. But it is important to know who are you listening to because there's so much noise out there. There are so many people out there pitching something, and a lot of it is great. But who are they? What is their backstory? I'll tell you a little bit about mine, and it is a, a big one. But it starts in Israel when I was born in 1975. That's where I was born. At the age of six, I moved to Los Angeles with my family, and that's where I started my schooling, first grade. Graduated high school in L.A. Family moves to Vegas. I go to college, UNLV, and I do a degree in biology. You know, Jewish parents, they, they want to have a doctor in the family. That was the plan. Of course, uh, you know, man plans, God laughs. But I earned that biology degree. And then after that, I moved to the UK for a couple of years. I do a data master's in shipping, trade, and finance. My father at the time was involved in cruise ships. That was the industry. Wow. I then moved back to Israel for another couple of years. I joined the family business in cruise shipping, spend a season on the Mediterranean on a ship. It was one of the most amazing experiences ever. I got to see things and experience things. Fortunately, because of my father, uh, you know, being he's a serial entrepreneur. So it really gave me access to things that were life changing. After two years, I decided to move back to the States where I settled in Florida in 2001. 
after a couple of years, I moved to Orlando and I go back to school for a third degree because third time is the charm, they say. And this was for music production, audio engineering, which is my biggest passion, music, a tough industry to make it in. And I keep it to this day as a passion. I did a lot of video and audio production at that time, too, that helped paying the bills and got me into producing videos, which is what I do mostly nowadays on my YouTube channel. I like to produce that kind of content with those skill sets that I developed then. In 2006, I moved back to Southeast Florida, got involved in real estate, which was also a family business that we've been doing for many years prior. And then from 2006 onward, uh, fortunately, that has been a luxury that has allowed me the freedom uh, financially and time to explore my passions. But then 2008 rolls around and the crash happens, the real estate crash, and that definitely slowed things down. Yeah. Because I was in that freelance world, it was very hard making money. I was married to kids at the time. I found myself depressed and the money wasn't right. And I didn't have the right kind of social surrounding of, of people around me. And that affected my life to the point where there was a divorce. And a few years later, there was some serious depression. And I hit my rock bottom. That was about 2015. And there was a fork in the road, a fork in the road that many people experience. And let's be blunt. It was either I end my life or I start my life. Mm. And that's the day that I was reborn, where I decided I would no longer be living my life to the expectations of others, which was by and large my parents and society and those kind of things. It wasn't working for me anymore. It clearly wasn't. And how did I do that? I needed to start from zero because I really had no idea. I didn't know anything about personal growth and development until that day. And I was watching a YouTube video with Ty Lopez, if the audience has ever come across this guy. And he had that famous video that blew up. It was viral where he's in his garage with his Lamborghini. And then he talks about his books, how knowledge is so impressive. And that that bug hit me, the, the reading bug. And I bought a whole bunch of books. And then I spent the next year really locked up in my room. And I read a lot, a lot about personal growth and development. I read a lot of biographies. I read a lot of science books, sociology, human experimentation, social uh, interactions, using my science background to, to get an idea of how the hell did I get here? What is this all about? And everything, everything. And there was a moment of divinity that happened then. Oh, I was, I remember it vividly. I'm in my, my living room. My friend Rick is on the couch and it was a rainy day. The, the, the sun was shining through the clouds and this beam of light just washed over me. And all of a sudden it was so clear. I'm going to be a speaker and I'm going to help other people figure this thing out. I mean, it was really that, that grand it, when it washes over you and when those things happen, which are far few in far few and in between, you really need to take notice. And I did. I started uh, hosting open mics, and I and it was by chance. And I did it so well, and I got such great feedback that people thought that this was my profession. And that was another cue, like, okay, how do I take this to the next level? I did some research, and I learned about the Toastmasters. I joined the Toastmasters within a week. Within the first year, I became its president. Uh, seven years later, I'm still a part of that organization. I've mentored many, many people. I have an ex excellent legacy in that organization. 
I help other people with their communication skills because I think effective communication is something that is lost on most people. In that process, I also helped found another organization, the uh, Lions International, which has been around over 100 years. And we I found- just learned about that recently. That's so funny that you mentioned it. Literally last week, someone reached out to me about the Alliance program. So sorry yeah. to interrupt. Yeah. No, the yeah. Lions International started in 1917 by Melvin Jones in Chicago. It was kind of like a business group, but they all got together and they're like, how could we really start helping people? And that became Lions International. But we founded the Hollywood Lions Club here in Hollywood, Florida. And I was the VP. My good friend was the president. Eventually, I became its president and ran that organization. To this day, I'm still a part of it. Today, I'm the president of the scholarship fund of that organization. And I I, I realized that joining organizations is the best way to level up your life. It is the best way to create new circles of quality people where the walls aren't up. You you go to a chamber of commerce and everybody's pitching you their thing because that's kind of the whole gist of what these things are. Most of these network-ish type organizations are for that. But when you do charity, it's very different. And when you do the Toastmasters, it's very different because everybody there is there for a different reasons. It's either inwardly focused reasons or outwardly focused. But it's all very amazing. And it really opens up many, many doors to you. And that allowed me to then take my speaking to the next level, to start doing keynote speeches, to mentor other people with their communication skills, and to continue to develop and hone my brand, if you will, of living to your best potential. And, and I just, I say it's my brand because I, I have not come up with anything that hasn't been around for thousands of years. This is evergreen wisdom. I, you know, I was reading a book by Seneca and this is 2000 years ago. And back then they were called life philosophers. Today they would be called motivational speakers. It was really right. the same thing. And everything he was talking about then could have been printed last week. People are people. This wisdom has been around forever. The the art is, can you package it in a way that's relevant to society today? Right. And living totality is my version of that evergreen wisdom and how I can bring it to the public, utilizing my communication skills that I was so fortunate to to have uh, some talent with and then to build upon it through years of the Toastmasters and speaking in front of the audience. And that brings me to where I am today, where I just published the book, Living Totality, a mindset for living a life of totality. I hired an assistant to help me to get this, uh, to get all of the social media going, because I don't really like social media. (laughs) where I spend my time, but I understand the value of it. And I understand that we live in an attention economy and you have to have that attention. If otherwise you're you're invisible, let's be honest. You yeah. got to work with what you have. And 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 fortunately, I still do the real estate. That's the family business, and that allows me the time to pursue this passion. And I'm so so grateful for it. And, and I tell you, it's a tough tough road because this is the life of an artist, as you know. It's the struggling artist. There is no HR department looking to hire people like us. Mm-hmm. There is no job fair where we could stand in line and they're going to hire us. <laughs> we have to create ourselves, invent ourselves, refine ourselves, market ourselves, and then hope that we can find an audience to do that. And 
I tell you, last Friday, I was at my breaking point. I, I it just a lot of things culminated in a negative fashion. And I, I wasn't quitting, but I was going to bow out for maybe a year and say, you know, maybe I need to just go back to the lab and spend more time. Because every time I get in the ring, I throw a lot of money into it. I throw a lot of effort into it. And then I look at the data. But more importantly, I made a deal with the universe about 90 days ago. And I said, okay, I've got this lady I can hire. I have a budget for A, B, and C. I sold my dream car. I sold my dream guitar. And I won guitar. You sold your guitar? I I don't like to talk about that, but I did. It was... I'm grateful that I got to experience it. I had it in my hands for about six months and it was beautiful. And, and thank God in my life, I've had ups and downs and I've experienced a lot of amazing things. And then I've experienced losing those amazing things and then gaining it again and up and down. Greater. Right. I have that, but I made a deal with the universe and I, and I paid for it. I made sacrifices to things that meant a lot to me. And I put a lot of effort out there. I, I wrote the book in about 60 days. Wow. That was tremendous. Put a bunch of content out there. Found you in the process. Got the LinkedIn going. Everything, everything. And after 90 days, I was looking at all the data. And, and I had oral surgery a couple of weeks prior. I couldn't even speak. I was so demoralized. And I was like, you know what? This isn't working. I get it, universe. I'll take a break. I'll, I'll get back in when I'm recharged. Because I've been down before. I've been knocked down as an entrepreneur you get knocked down a lot, yeah. a lot. Um, you know, every success story has the backstory of a lot of failure. And certainly I've got my share. So Friday morning rolls around and, and I was finished. Even a, my best buddy told me, he's like, well, maybe Ace the Speaker is just the local guy and that's it. And that's okay. And this is one of the things you really need to be careful about the people that you keep around your circle. You know? right. They love right. you, but they, they keep you where, you at, where yep. you're at. So I was done. And I, and I had a couple of other meetings with friends because I needed to put it out in the universe. I was like, yeah. yeah, this is what happened. I just let me put it out. And after I met with everybody and I was good with it, out of the blue, I get a postcard from a distant friend who's telling me that I have to continue doing this content, that I'm touching people's lives, that I'm raising the vibration. I mean, my jaw fell to the floor. Yeah. I was like, okay, God, got it. You know, message received. But it didn't stop there. A few hours later, I get a random text from another friend. And she tells me that her nephew's depressed and that she shared with him the video I had posted last and how it really helped him totally out of the blue. And now I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is two for two. Moments later, I get a voice note come in from another random friend. And he's telling me how great he's doing and how I've inspired him. He said, he's like, Ace, you just got to keep doing what you're doing. He's like, I don't know, but it's working. Those are three miracles back to back to back. Now, I don't get those messages hardly ever. Let's start with that. But to yeah. get three of them in the same afternoon, the morning that I essentially quit, I mean, you have to be very blinded to, to not say, okay, there is something bigger at play here. And, uh, and message received loud and clear. Uh, so I wanted to share that with you and the audience, because if anybody is in a similar journey, such as ourselves, and they're trying to better themselves, it's a very difficult journey. Yeah. It's a very tough journey. It, it's loaded with charlatans. It, it's, it's pitted with failures. But if that faith is there, if you make that deal with the universe 
and you hold up your end of the bargain, I promise you that it will fulfill its end of the deal. Um, and, and there's this story that I shared once on a video with Moses' brother-in-law, uh, Nachson. Apparently, he was the one that walked into the water before the, you know, the ocean, the sea split. And he walked in. He was so committed that they said that the water was up to his nose before the sea parted. Hmm. And, and the moral of this story, the message, is that you really need to go all in. I mean, he was ready to die. Just like I went all in and I said, I'm going to go put everything in this. And if it's, if it's the end of Ace the Speaker, then so be it. But I'm going to do this. And when I was at the end, the water was there. I was on my last breath. It, probably not even that anymore. The oxygen was depleting in my brain. And then one, two, three miracles happen like that. And are they miracle miracles or are they just the messages that once the distractions are removed, you hear it clearer, you know? And, and I think only you can speak to that. I know that some of the people that I've been talking with lately, there's burnout that happens, right? Especially when you give so much of yourself and you are giving love, empathy, your ear, and you're taking it home with you sometimes. I don't know about you, but for me, you know, the stories follow me. And uh, I don't know why I just didn't go into clinical psychology. And if I was going to hear the stories and listen and take them, but it's just, it naturally happens. So um, with that and with that burnout, there are people that say, once I remove the people like you shared that um, sometimes want you to play small mm-hmm. or you remove the people that were just never in it for you, they were tagging along and maybe just holding on to your ankle while you kept trying to move up the ladder and all those things, suddenly everything's clearer. And you don't have the voices in your head telling you, like, maybe you shouldn't or you're not getting the validation or seeking validation from family and friends. Like you had to, you know, separate and create those boundaries of, okay, look, this is what I'm going to do. And I speak to a lot of people about uh, at some point you have to take your family and remove them as being your authority and either have them as counsel or you have them on the sidelines and say, I'll come back and visit you after I win this game, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you're either going to be cheering me on or you're going to go get stuff at the concession stand, but just don't miss the journey. And I find that in our conversation, which we'll get to today, but there's a couple of things I wanted to kind of go back to that you mentioned, because I think this is really important for people to identify, A, you have to be really self-reflective and self-aware of yourself if you want to grow yourself. And you and I had spoken about this before, that people are searching for something when they find all these speakers, all these books. I mean, that's why they have a self-help section, right? It's very popular. And the same thing for the consultant agency. It's hard to break into. It's the same, like you said, in the music industry and trying to find an agent and then go out there. And sometimes you're like, I'm just going to do it myself because if I want it done right, that's how it's going to work. And I think the starting point is that a lot of people don't realize when they're about to go down the hill before they can go back up the hill. And when you had said that you um, found Ty Lopez and you were inspired to read on self, self growth, how did you know that that was the direction to go into? Because you knew that you wanted to continue education. What were you looking for in this self growth area at that moment? Like what clicked for you there? I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know the the path. 
I was just inspired by him and that Lamborghini, which is probably why <laughs> he, he made millions of views and dollars off of that. And, and I just told myself, look, I want that life. I want that life. It was very simple because my life at that moment was, was at, at the precipice of death. So I just wanted this, a better life. And he said, read. So I got a, a, a swath of different styles of books. Yeah. And, and I just started consuming all of it. And little by little, I started figuring out, okay, which way am I going to go? Because the books then led to more YouTube videos. YouTube is a great platform. And you can learn anything on YouTube today. And I listened to so many different motivational speakers. Um, you know, many were whatever. Some were amazing. I mean, I've even done e-commerce. I had an Amazon business for a few years, uh, you know, listening to a bunch of gurus doing that. I, I, I just knew that I was broken and I needed to fix me. So I think that was the, the framework that I needed to develop. Tony Robbins was a big step in that. Uh, yeah. Awaken the Giant Within. Mm -hmm. Big book all about limiting beliefs and how you become the best version of you. That was kind of my Bible to my personal growth and development. Of course, there were other books that helped say the communication skills, uh, Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people, uh, how to negotiate with the giants, which was a great book that I enjoyed. That was more entrepreneurial because that's a big part of who I am as well in, in my father. So I knew that I really loved the business side of it. I also wanted to grow as an individual. I needed to get past my, my own bullshit because I, there were layers and layers and layers of it. And the, these books helped me. But I think there is no shortcut. You have to sift through a lot of it mm -hmm. to eventually find what really resonates with you. And I think before you jump in and do that, you want to start with the outcome. <clears throat> and that is... Who do you want to be in five years? Mm. Or at the end, I'm 47 today. So I had my goals to 50 and they're ongoing still. I have them in my journal. So I, I came up with my goals to 50. And who do I, and that was probably a seven-year run. I'm, I've got two and a half to go. And, and I started forecasting, okay, who, who is Ace going to be at 50 years old? Well, you know, he's, he's going to be a paid speaker. Uh, he's going to be happy. He's going to be respected in his community. He's going to help other people. He's going to have that dream car again, right? That dream car again. He's going to have the beautiful home. He's going to take an RV trip around the United States. I just had these visions of where I wanted to be. And then it's a matter of reverse engineering it and figuring out the processes to get there. But you really need to start with the outcome. And I would hope that most people have an idea of where they want to be. And it's and there are tools, and we can talk about that, like the life book, which really hone it down to the nitty-gritty. It takes it to a granular level. Because sometimes you ask people, and there was a lady that I talked to not long ago, and and I asked her, I said, Well, what's your passions? Like, what would you do if you had all the money in the world? Like, what she didn't know. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know. Because they get just so caught up in life and everything. You know, the artist will tell you right away. But a lot of people are not artists or maybe they were, but they never explored that and allowed that to bloom in any kind of way. They get and in their own way. And I think to add to your point is what I find with artists is that when it's coming from self-creation, coming from the heart, 
that there's nobody that they can speak on behalf of them that could say that it's that that's talent, right? When it's something that you create from the heart, whether it's artwork, whether it's a song, or whether it's a, a speech that you're going to give that a corporation didn't plan out for you ahead of time and provide you with the tools or a script rather, and you're going up there and just being vulnerable with your creativity, it is uh, terrifying for some people. And I think that's where a fear of public speaking comes in or like me, you won't catch me doing karaoke, even though I can sing. We've had this conversation about music. <laughs> it's just because it's my voice and it becomes so personal. And people think that the feedback that they get is about them, not necessarily feedback on what they can improve on in what they're doing. And so it can batter them down to the point of, I'm not going to share my art anymore. I'm just going to, like I said, play it, uh, play it low because of the fear of fear of failing, I guess. And I have a friend that uh, just provided this information to me and she said, faith and fear require you to look at something that you don't know what's going to happen yet. She said it a lot more eloquently than I could, mm. but both mm. of them require the same behavior and thought pattern of you still don't know what's going to happen after the action. Mm when you think about faith and fear. And so taking that jump and just making it happen, it isn't for everybody. And that's what careers are about, right? You know, not everybody is meant to be a CEO. Not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur. Uh, could they be? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe with the right mentor, but they may not have the right skill set or the right uh, motivation or tenacity. Maybe. I mean, it's not for the weak hearted. That's for sure. Well, CEO and like the top creme de la creme, I mean, that's shooting high. Statistically, most people will never become that. But people should be happy, right? right. And most people are not happy. There was like these uh, pew polls or those kind of polls that they do. And something like 70 plus percent of people at their jobs state that they're unhappy. And something like 15, 20 percent like are truly miserable. And they even create issues at work. That's not acceptable. Right. Forget about, okay, you don't need to be a CEO, but could you at least be happy? Right. Could you be living your best? Right. I mean, like, where is that? You know, right. people don't even strive for that. Mm -hmm. And and I have a hard time accepting that. You know, I get it. People are scared and they, they have that fear that they put their best foot forward and it won't be good enough. Well, guess what? It's not going to, you're going to suck at first. And it's not going to right now for you. So yeah. what's the difference if you try yeah. for something greater? The, the difference is, is that in a year from now, they're going to be where they were or worse, and they will be regretting it. And one of the books that changed my life was The Top Five Regrets of the Dying by Bronnie Ware. Mm -hmm. And that book truly changed my life because the best advice I think you can get from anybody, it's not these gurus, it's these old older people that were at the very end on their deathbeds and they spoke truth because when you are at that point in your life i don't think there's any more ego you're certainly not trying to get something over on someone you're not pitching anything you're speaking i mean solid truth and what they were saying which was uh, stop living to the expectations of other people mm -hmm. spend more time with family friends allow yourself to be happy these kind of things these people that have that fear, I would tell them, stop it because you, you will end up having regret on top of those fears. 
You can get up and take that stage and bomb miserably, but that regret now will be gone. And the fear will be gone because you survived. You did survive. And some people are still fearful. And and I see this at the Toastmasters because some people are truly afraid of the stage. And even when they go up again and again and again, they still fear it, which I think it's funny. Although I've seen many people completely do a 180 when they take that stage a few times. And as the president, I, I would always close every meeting the same, especially when we had guests. And I would say, you know, outside those doors, if you jump in the deep end, who are you swimming with? The sharks. And the sharks will eat you, especially if there's a little bit of blood in the water. But in here, behind these doors, this is a safe zone. I invite you to jump in because you are surrounded by lifeguards. We will always be there for you. What these people that have these fears need to do is find and identify organizations that create safe spaces mm-hmm. so they can explore these things in an environment that will not be harsh. Right. And, and that's a very doable thing to do. But people need to have the awareness, which is the first tenet of living totality. They need to have that awareness that these organizations exists, exist exist. And then the second tenet is action. Then they need to do something about it. And of course, the last thing is accountability, because if whether you do or don't, you're going to be accountable to it. And you don't want to repeat the same mistakes over and you don't want to live with regret. God, that's a terrible, terrible thing. And I'm an expert at having regrets. Um, Until my first child was born, my life was just a, a mountain of regrets. And there are reasons for all of that. But I would I would tell who's ever listening If there's something that you want to do, start now, start now and forget what other people think. It doesn't matter. Anyhow, get yourself in the right environment and there will be people that will support you, uh, even if you're not great. And in fact, let me add, you're not going to be great. You're going to be terrible at it, but that's not the point. (laughs) Right. That is not the point. I've been doing this seven years and two days ago, I wanted to quit. Right. Right. So come on, guys, get get over this. Yeah. Get yes. over it. Well, I'm turning that back to you for social media because I'm going to make sure we get over that too. <laughs> but let's break this down a little bit because I think some of the things uh, that I've heard is the challenge is who do I get like that inspiration from? You initially got it from hearing a couple of words from Ty Lopez and it just clicked for you in that moment. You know, the yeah. teacher appears when the student's ready, that sort of thing. That happened for me with Simon Sinek and Tony yeah. Robbins, I think first, just in line with you. Uh, yeah. Simon Sinek changed my world in thinking and clicking between the difference between management and leadership, which I brought to my teams and it made a world of difference in how they thought, how they uh, worked with their teams. And in return, the retention of the teams and the actual entertainment that they had when they worked together in their place of work and just the energy and the communication, it changed because it went from discipline to empowerment. And so I think that like in my journey, every piece of information and learning that I could find, because I believe I'm a lifelong learner, I I needed at that time. I needed Brene Brown when I was going through things and needed that like emotional piece. And then, okay, I'm going to put that on the shelf. I needed Mel Robbins five seconds and get your stuff together because 
I needed to hear a different voice tell me in a different way that it's not going to happen unless you make it happen. And mm-hmm. that's what I started to do. I needed the voice of Gary V when he would say things that were kind of outrageous. And you're like, oh, my God, what? When he said, picture your whole family dead. Now what? <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. What? Like, that's the last thing I want to think about. But, mm-hmm. you know, at that point in time, he got me driven again to get the hustle As I got older and I started to narrow down what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be, it became harder to find somebody to listen to. And I had to think about what validation was I looking for and what information was I missing that I didn't already have? Because I'm pretty sure you find this with clients too. And I I was asked this on an interview last week. What do I feel that clients are missing or that they don't know or that they need. And I said, this is probably out of a job, but I really feel that clients already know what they need. They don't know how, and they need someone by them, their side, cheering them on and supporting what they want to do versus giving them all the negatives and the fear behind it. And so a lot of the gurus that you and I discussed the last time that we talked we spoke about how all of a sudden they kind of funneled into the same message, just delivered with a different voice. Just like you mm-hmm. shared, like oh, this stuff has been around for years. It's just being said by a different person in a different way. It's right. not new knowledge, not new tools. It's just being delivered differently or with a different mindset or different experiences. But for somebody who's watching this now that wants to get out of that job, that's not providing the passion that they need or the the lifestyle that they want to live and they're looking for that mentor in a self-help section or even in uh, from their family and friends, what advice would you give as far as how to narrow that down and find the right person for them so that they can get on it and make that switch? I, I would think that keywords will probably be an excellent way to start. Uh, Google keywords or just use YouTube and keywords how to leave my job and and you know it's just things like this and people you will stuff, find yeah. people it's, yeah. it's very simple it's you need to write it down have a plan write something down again we know the outcome right you just said that they want to leave the job so that's the outcome okay well what's the process right i, I would start with keywords and then you're going to come across a plethora of gurus that are giving you advice and and listen to five minutes of each one to see if you're vibing because you pretty much know within a few minutes if you like this person yeah you you do and even when you land on the one that you like here's the other inconvenient truth you're going to need to listen to a lot of it to pick out the nuggets of wisdom Mm. it's kind of like that you do need to dedicate some time and effort to it Certainly the free content is like that. It's, it's a, a lot of extraneous information with really uh, nuggets buried and peppered throughout. So, but that's a great place to start to find like, oh, I really like this guy. He's, he says things that I really resonate with. Let me see what more he has to offer. Go through a, a half a dozen of people like those. And then if you're ready to pull the trigger, enroll into one of their programs because then the content becomes more enriched, more focused, and may even have an option where you join a, a, 
a, a, a group, a mastermind, or maybe even one-on-one, or maybe you get mentorship as well. But baby step it. You don't need to jump right in. And a lot of these guys are so slick. And I mean, I, I've paid over $10,000 to date for these a handful of different guru programs. And I'm not going to knock any of it. All of it was, was amazing knowledge. Could I have found it for free online? Yeah, but it would have taken me five times as long. Right, because you didn't know what you were looking for yet. And what are your thoughts on on mind mapping versus a vision board? I mean, explain to me the difference. For me, that's almost one and the same because I'm a very visual person. So I put everything down on paper or I use uh, OneNote. I use tools to do that. So what exactly is your uh, idea of mind mapping versus vision board? Sure. So I think with the vision board, it reaches, obviously, your visual learners and your kinesthetic learners Mm -hmm. because they get to play around with gluing things down and making it all pretty. But the vision gets narrowed down to you seeing that visual and what the light is at the end of the tunnel of what you're looking for, almost like a manifestation, I think. I I have one that I'm looking at right now. So if you see me looking off camera, I'm like, yeah, it's that right there. It looks like this. Um, mind mapping for me can be in all different categories for what you want for your lifestyle, for your work life, for your future, for your past, for the qualities of your personality. There was one that I absolutely loved where it, it starts as a circle and maybe it's self that's in the circle that Mm -hmm. you write and everything is words. And so you're breaking it down almost like an outline of a research paper that you're doing for each branch that you're creating. So one section for this particular one had what quality, what um, celebrities do you admire for their personalities, right? And for obviously what is what you see on the outside because you don't know them personally. And if you do, let's talk. But, (laughs) you know, the the personalities of celebrities that you admire. And then you break it down from like, let's say Denzel Washington. I always appreciate him in interviews and, you know, just how I see him and how he acts and the things that he shares. So I admire him. So he was up there. And then you break it down by what qualities specifically, name the top three qualities that Denzel has that you wish you can expand on in your life not to become Mm -hmm. Denzel but what are those things that stand out so you do that Mm -hmm. for maybe five celebrities and then you see what the running theme is with those so is it like maybe if it's Denzel and it's gosh I don't even remember who I put on there at the time um but maybe it's confidence is number one philanthropy would end up being number two and then grace under pressure would be under three and those are the things that I want to enhance for myself then that gave me an idea of, okay, so where can I grab that information and move on from there? And it it was just an interesting insight when I was lost at one point where I really, um, you know, I've had different changes of life and experiences, especially in different industries, but to really have that self-awareness and uh, lay it out on a piece of paper in front of me and break it down and take the time to look at it and say, wow, I never really thought of those things. I just thought that was a cool person and I love the way that they spoke or I love the anecdotes they would bring to an interview. But really what it was was deeper than that. And so things like that, I would incorporate into the values into my business Mm -hmm. so that like, for example, for philanthropy would be one of our values. And it was everybody that works on the team 
whatever cause they believe in, we would all be a part of that if there was an event that supported that cause. So if it mm-hmm. was like, we want to raise money for breast cancer, great. So for October, we're all rocking pink. What 5K are we doing? How are we going to raise money? Because it's important to this person and we want to help contribute in that way. Um, or, you know, maybe it's contributing part of uh, financially in that sense, because this way we're helping each other with causes that are important to us, but also we're giving back to the world. And that was important to me and that that was important to my team. So that helped also create a culture, which I loved. And so when I think about the different mentors and the different gurus, some of them fall just as quickly as we help them rise, right? You know, sometimes the person that we watch, all of a sudden there's news stories about, oh, well, this person now has claims against them for, you know, um, doing things that they shouldn't with their money or doing things inappropriately with their staff and this, that, and the third, and, and they fall off the throne, right? And that can stop somebody from continuing to grow because they think, well, I thought so highly of this person forever mm-hmm. and I placed them on this pedestal and they fell. And I think about that and I think, yeah, but did you get what you needed at the time that you needed and you were able to move on or were you just always hoping to mirror that person's life? It's interesting. I did a newsletter on that a few weeks back titled false idols Ah. and how we, how we admire And it started how that there's two people in particular that I really, really admired. And then a few years after I learned how they made their riches and it's, it was a sleazy, unethical, borderline illegal, you can say. But then at the end of it, I, I come off to say, you know, these celebrities or gurus, we need to skim off the best that makes sense for us and really disregard the rest of it. It's look at these people like you would look at an event. It's for a short amount of time. It's very specific. You're in, you're out. You get what you need out of it and you move on in life. Don't get too caught up behind it. So, look, there's a lot of terrible people that have excellent qualities that we can learn from. And that's just a reality. And a lot of these people that have done super well for themselves did it in very unethical ways. That's a reality. I can still admire them for having the tenacity and the mindset to to work in these extreme environments and do what they did. Uh, no, I don't look up to them as human beings like, wow, you're great and you'd be my my buddy. But that you know, that's our responsibility. We need to know how how to how to skim the best off of a situation where it makes sense for us, because let's be honest, that's what they're doing with us. But let me take a step back. I think I can talk about this vision board and the mind map, because what I heard was that a vision board is outcome based. So you can have the nice house, the nice car, the, 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 the perfect family photo. So that's outcomes. And then when you talked about mind mapping, you were talking about values or qualities. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to add one more layer, the processes in which you want you need to get there. It's right. great to have good values, and, you know, good qualities for something so you can reach those outcomes that you want, the vision board. But focusing on goals is futile and, and, and you're going to be self-defeating if you focus on the goals you need to be focusing on the processes what i what i like to mention often when i speak about goals and processes i talk about i get the 10 pound analogy a lot of people want to lose 10 pounds i personally want to gain 10 pounds but that's a different story but it's the same struggle 
So that's the outcome, right? You want to lose 10 pounds. Well, so you're going to go to the gym, you're going to work out, you're going to do everything that you think you need to do. A week goes by, two weeks goes by, you step on the scale, you might have only lost three or four. What happens? Well, you lose your motivation. And that's why a lot of people give up because they don't achieve their goals. And that is a fun, that's a fundamental error. Instead, you know, the vision board is that losing the 10 pounds, the skinny version of you, however it is, but that's it. Put it away. Now let's talk about the processes, the habits that will get you there. So if I need to lose 10 pounds, I'm going to do three things every day. I'm going to wake up 30 minutes earlier. I'm going to food journal and I'm going to be at the gym for at least 30 minutes. That's it. It's a daily ritual that I will take on. That's the process. Come the end of the day, nighttime, before I go to bed, I do a mental checklist. Did Mm I food journal? Yes. Did I wake up 30 minutes early? Yes. Was I at the gym today? 30 minutes. Yes. Check, check, check. I'm a rock star. I feel good about myself. I go to sleep feeling good. And that's a very important thing to go to sleep feeling well, because that affects your subconscious and so on and so forth. And then, and, and I don't think about losing 10 pounds. I think about the process every day. For me, it's gaining 10 pounds. It's eating a lot of protein. It's making sure every couple hours I have a meal ready. That's the hardest thing. It's counting my protein grams every day. And I do that every day. I step on the scale every day to see how much I'm changing. But my, my outcome is, yeah, I'd like to be 190. You know, I'd like to be 200, but I don't look at that. That's, that's out there. When you focus on the process, small bite sizes, at the end of the day, when you take roll and you see that I've checked and checked and checked, you're a success. Mm. And that gets you one step closer to the qualities or values that you want to have because the qualities and values is, hey, I'm a fit person. I'm dedicated. I'm committed. I stay on path. These are the values and qualities. But it's because I have a process and these are the things I need to do. And, and I've got a thing where I call it the, the life planner where I break down into six different categories, you know, personal health, uh, financial, friendship, things like that. And I come up with three habits per category to allow me to get to a better personal, uh, a better financial status, uh, a better status as a parent, a better status uh, with my business relationships. So again, you've got the outcomes, which is the vision board. You've got the mind mapping, which will develop and values that Mm -hmm. get you there. But then beyond that or before that comes the processes and that's a daily thing a daily practice an hourly practice and people really need to focus on that and block everything else out and in time they will realize that oh my god i I do have these values because i've been doing this for like weeks and and i'm i step on the scale and you know what after a month or two i lost the 10 pounds great goal achieved Let's move that goal a little bit further. Maybe we tweak the processes a little bit. And that's how you maintain the right mindset, by knowing where to put put your focus. Because a lot of these gurus, I think, are placing the focus on the outcome more than the processes, at least when there's the pitch. Because a lot of times, what do you see when there's a pitch? You see the Lamborghini in the background. You see the beautiful house you see the amazing vacations you see the yachts with the hotties and blah 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 and they use that because it works 
it works and people get sucked into that and all of this. And, and then they, they get very demotivated because obviously, you know, that's, that's not how it works. Or it falls on deaf ears if it's coming from a beautiful island while their home state is flooded from a hurricane. And they're like, hey, just keep it positive, guys. You got this. Remember what I said in my first book and my 18th right. book? And we'll be back home soon to rebuild. And meanwhile, everybody's swimming in water, not even listening to yeah. what's being yeah, said. I so sometimes it has to come from within and you know identifying exactly what you said what do you want your outcome to be what do you want your values to be and then narrowing or putting those together and what's the peanut butter and jelly that comes between those two pieces of bread right that's how you find your mentor which mentor most aligns with that and it may not be in a book and it may not be you know on tv it might be the person that you come across in a podcast that says the right thing at the right time and has the right tools to help you get there because they have the empathy for what you've been going through. And also with the thought of, yeah, I failed forward and I wanted to give up and that's normal. And then tomorrow's a new day. And yeah, I've heard things from my friends and family and I had to shut them out until I got my stuff together and tomorrow's a brand new day. And hearing those things from like-minded people helps people realize it can be real versus somebody started a story in their journey as a speaker and got popular with that story. And then all of a sudden their mindset changed and the way they communicated changed. And that's a couple of gurus out there that we've heard of that we've spoke of and I'm not knocking them because, you know, mindsets change depending on what you're going through. But what I loved about what you said before and speaking of these popular speakers is you didn't say it, but it came out with what you didn't say. And, and what you didn't say is that there's no judgment because we only hear what they put forward. We don't hear the other side of the story. So somebody that may have been, quote unquote, in trouble for how they did their finances to get into the business that they're in. We don't know the backstory to that. We don't know if it was a family member that, you know, was pilfering money from the account on that person and it wasn't, they had no involvement. Or if somebody was trying to extort them and the actual person came forward and said, hey, no, this is what's been happening. This isn't me. So you don't place judgment on somebody you don't know, but you also don't place judgment on the people you do know. What I love about what you shared is that you do what you needed to do for you at that time to survive. Mm -hmm. And so many people can relate to that, but a lot of people don't know how to do that, which is why I thought when we spoke, it would be so important for people to get introduced to you and to understand you and where you came from so that they can connect with you and get an idea of what's Ace's journey. And it sounds like there's so much experience he has, especially with people and your travels around the world. And I think just the sociology part of it is huge and understanding mm -hmm. different cultures and lifestyles and, and et cetera, but moving around at different ages and starting over and starting over, but continuing to push yourself forward is such a impactful journey for somebody to take and to have somebody that can mentor them through that, like you with your programs or speaking with them is going to be great. So what I want to ask you is, can you share with our audience, what services do you offer for individuals and what will they find if they go on your website? What kind of guides will be there to help them out? Uh, on my website, it, what is general there is 
as a speaker, I don't like to use the word keynote speaker, but I've done keynotes. Uh, first and foremost, I am a speaker and I focus on personal growth and development. That is in, in an environment where somebody would have me come in and speak to a team and that there is that element. There's also effective communication where I do a 60-day effective communication boot camp where we do weekly one-on-one -on -one Zooms and I give, I give them assignments and I, you know, they have to deliver speeches, just what I've learned through the Toastmasters, because there's so much that can translate when you put somebody to the task to, hey, deliver a speech about A, B, or C, and do it this way or that way. So effective communication is very important. And lastly, it's, I don't like the word life coaching. I, right. I, I would more say I'm a mensch. I help people in their personal and professional lives get over obstacles. I bring clarity to people's lives and I help inspire them to get over their own bullshit. Mm -hmm. And I cut to the bone. I don't sugarcoat things. Uh, the reason that I have a good legacy with the Toastmaster organization is because as a mentor and evaluator, I nitpick at the things most people either don't see or are afraid to say because they think they're going to hurt that person's feeling. I don't subscribe to that. Like I say, I cut to the bone, but it comes from a place of love and honesty. It right. is constructive criticism at its core. These are the services, quote unquote, that I, I offer. Uh, I've got links to my, my YouTube channel where I've got a bunch of videos. Uh, a lot of shorts is what I do lately. Try to keep it under a minute. <laughs> I've got newsletters that I put out every week. You can subscribe to get on that email list. Great. And I've got that book that's uh, going to be in my hand in a few weeks. I'm super excited about it to get the title of your book. Share your title of the book with the team, with our audience. It is Living Totality, A Mindset for Living a Life of Totality. Mm. Yeah. Yay, very cool. Anything else that you want to share or that you think our audience needs to hear before we close out for the night? Yes. You had mentioned about, you know, finding the right people. Before you find the right people, you need to excuse people out of your life. Mm. I think it was Jim Rohn that said, you are the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. We all have that, call it that core five, could be mom, dad, brother, sister, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend. You're going to need to boot out a few people because yeah. otherwise there won't be room to bring in other people. And and you're going to be labeled not the nice person. You know, I'm, I'm using very nice words. You're <laughs> going to be labeled kind of like the black sheep when you have to boot out mom or dad or brother or best buddy for a while. And you do it with love. And you can tell them, listen, I, I'm working on me right now. I, I need this time and space. But when conditions are, are fine, we will come back. But that's really the first step I would tell the audience. Make a list of the five closest people to you. And then ask the next to that, like, does this person elevate me? Do they keep me where I am or do they bring me down? I would gather that probably none of those five people actually really elevate them. Mm -hmm. They probably keep them where they are. Maybe one might drop them and then make a decision. Okay. Uh, who am I going to boot out? Uh, and you need to do that. You need to make space in order for something new to come in and you need to make a deal with the universe and you need to pay. You need to sacrifice something like I did when I sold my assets. The cutting these people out is that sacrifice. I'm going to cut A, B, and C out so I can make room 
for other people to come in and then go out there and start doing the things we talked about. And the universe will take notice. And truly, when the student is ready, the teacher arrives. And I think then that the audience will find the right people because they've actually made the steps to create the space for it to happen. Yes. It's very doable. It's yeah. a process and you focus on the process. And I think you match the universe's frequency at the same time and it gets recognized that you're ready and the doors start to open very quickly. Uh, and I think, I think another point to add about the people that you think about being in your circle or your square or your trapezoid or whatever they taught us in elementary school is you don't want to be surrounded by all yes people. Oh, for sure. The people riding the train. Sometimes you do need that devil's advocate. That's like, but wait a minute. And I think of Ted Lasso where he says, don't bring an umbrella to a brainstorm. And I'm not scared of the umbrella, the rainstorm and like saying, well, wait a minute, you know, like let's, let's hold the ideas for a second and let's narrow in on this because somebody might have that one thing that they say that all of a sudden catches fire and now you're on a whole other level than you started at. And that's just getting warmed up and that can create a lot of excitement. So keep that in mind too. There's some, just think about exactly what he said. Are they there to elevate you or are they there to empower you or are they there to elevate themselves while not elevating you. Uh, sometimes people ride the coattails and that's not what we're here for. There's a difference between riding the coattails and helping somebody up the ladder. And both, you know, with the ladder, you have to use your own work and your own movements to get up there, but somebody could help you up the first step once they're ready for sure. 100%. Yeah. So thank you so much for being on our first video and oh, for being a part of our podcast. And I'm so glad that we connected and this is not going to end. And I hope everybody goes ahead and checks out the link that we have on our video. We will also post the social media links for you to get in touch with Ace uh, in the YouTube section and also on our podcast notes. So make sure to check that out. And Jeff will be back soon. He is hiding in the background, but we'll make sure to get him back on our podcast soon. And don't forget to like, subscribe and share. You can go to TiffanyRufino.com and as always, create a great day. Thank you very much. And you are living totality. Yes. High five. <laughs>